Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. episode 11 and today is not only St. Patrick's Day but it is also Purim and typically we release our podcast episodes every Monday on Real Talk with Danielle and Jenna but today we are doing it early because it's pretty special today that Purim which we're going to talk about is on St. Patrick's Day. This has not happened since 1957. And before that, only a few other times, 1946, 1938, and 1907. So there's probably other ones, but I didn't go all the way back. So what is, you know, what is Purim? That's what we're going to talk about. And then we're also going to talk about the relationship between or the similarities between St. Patrick, St. Patrick's Day and Purim, because there's quite a few. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because I had never really heard of Purim before. And I think I started hearing about it through you. And so let's talk about what is Purim. Purim to me is a day of celebration. So you can read about Purim in the book of Esther, um, in the Bible. And, um, it's just a day of celebration. It's a day of joy and Danielle, can you describe why would someone who is not Jewish, because it's a Jewish holiday, why is someone that is not Jewish want to celebrate um, Purim? And what, like, I just remember, I remember I had that question at first, like, well, I'm not Jewish. Why would I celebrate that? So what is it about coming into, you know, the timing and the calendar of Jewish holidays and celebrations? Yeah. Well, you said it best. So, so listeners, you guys, we've told you this before that Jenna and I do some chit chatting before our podcast. Um, and, and you had said it and I love this and it is that Jesus is Jewish. Mm-hmm. He was Jewish. He is Jewish. Jesus is Jewish. And so, you know, I, I didn't start really coming into understanding about the Jewish holidays and just any of that until really digging into scripture but then also when Corey and I went to Israel in 2015. Um, and so, I mean, that really brought to life and to light a lot of the significance of this. And so the other thing, you know, like Purim, for example, which is typically held in the spring, um, like the 14th or 15th of Adar. So Adar is, is a Hebrew calendar, right? So um, without digging into my books, I don't think I'll be able to verbalize all of this, but like the the Gregorian calendar, which is what we go by right here in the United States, there's the Gregorian calendar, and then there's there's also the Hebrew. And I just have found for me, and I know that you relate with this, Jenna, is that as I've grown in my faith and been led by the Holy Spirit, there's something really beautiful and something that really comes to life within me when I study the Hebrew calendar and just, you know, really reading about these celebrations as well in scripture. 
And so, so Purim, for example, um, which is typically held in the spring, um, which began the 16th. So the evening of the 16th and goes into, um, today, the 17th, which is also St. Patrick's day, but it's really, um, to commemorate the defeat of a wicked plan. And, and I, and I love that. Like it's a celebration of defeating wickedness. It's a, it's a celebration of defeating Haman's plot to massacre the Jews. So again, Purim represents the end of wicked plans, the exposing of wicked plans. Um, and it's, it's, it's a time that's really marked for um, deliverance. And, and how did that happen? We, you know, we know the story and maybe you want to share a little bit about, about Esther. Um, yeah. And, and I know you've shared on Esther before and your birthday, which was yesterday. I was just going to say that I have to say it <laughs> yesterday was my birthday and it was the start of Purim. It felt really special. Yes. And I messaged you this morning, like, oh my gosh, we need to have a Purim celebration. And I was, that's it next year. I'm hosting a Purim celebration at the Young house. So you're all yeah, invited. There. <laughs> so, um, I'm just really excited. Yeah. The book of Esther is special to me because when I first gave my life to the Lord and I remember I was in Okaboji, a little white church, maybe you were there, Danielle, but it was the first time that, um, I had really encountered like the prophetic and I had a prophetic word over me that there was an Esther anointing at my life. And I was like, praise God, I don't even know who she is, but you know, so then I started like digging into, you know, the book of Esther and what I love about Esther is, and, um, is that she gained her strength from the Lord and got raised up in the Lord to do something that no one thought was possible pretty much, you know, she became queen. And I love that. I love how she, in a sense, went into the secret place and had God build her up. And there was these plans for her that were beyond what anyone could ask, think, or imagine you can say, and God led her straight through. And she knew when to use her voice and when not to. There's different times in there where she didn't reveal who her family was. And she, and so she had this very strategic plan, I believe, um, from the Lord. And there's so much here. She found favor with the king, which just led to her saving her people that she didn't want, you know, like you said, all the wickedness of, of Hammond wanting to kill her people. And so, yeah, so good. So good. And before, before her, quote unquote, for such a time as this, right. It's such a common thing. You know, um, if you grew, you know, you're, you're reading your scripture, you grew up in the church or you're just coming into a relationship with Christ. Like you've probably heard this, this term for such a time as this, you know, from the book of Esther. Right. But before her, for such a time as this moment, she went through just what you were talking about, Jenna, she went through that beautifying process that resulted in the refining and defining of her character, which ultimately influenced the King. Um, she won favor, uh, with those around her. Um, she was, and I love the scripture. She was actually elevated to, um, I mean, the scriptures say the best place and I'm trying to find exactly where that was Esther two nine. So the young woman pleased him and won his favor. And he quickly provided her with her cosmetics, her portion of food, 
with seven chosen young women from the king's palace and advanced her and her, her young women to the best place in the harem. So if you're unwilling to follow direction or you're rude or not able to receive correction or whatever, like that's not going to that's not going to bring you to the best place. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Esther had a teachable spirit. You know, she, she was likely willing to follow, you know, correction. Um, she listened and learned from Mordecai, which was, uh, basically, I think it was her uncle, right? Like a patriarchal, yeah, a patriarchal, uh, patriarchal figure in her life. Um, and from the chief eunuch, uh, which I believe was Haggai, H-E-G-A-I. So, you know, the the way that I relate this is that, you know, God, the father, like he will put people in your life, giving you an opportunity to love, but that also will be teachers in your life. And of course I think of like, you know, Ruthie or, or Albert, um, but there's going to be people who are put in our lives that are going to help sharpen, teach, correct. Right. And, and Esther was a woman of valor. Like she responded in humility and all the things you said, I love, I love what you said about, she went into the secret place and you know, it couldn't be easy. I mean, let's get real here for a minute. She was basically probably captured at a young age and brought into a harem, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so she made the best, I mean, really, right. Like she, she made the best of, of the situation. I mean, she was taken away from her family and, and, and brought into a harem and, you know, we know, we know the story The King chooses her. Um, and then, and you know what I think of? Yeah. yeah. Is, I'm just kind of feeling this right now. I, what I think of is, is, you know, when you as a believer go into the secret places, secret place with the Lord and you begin to do this work, right. And it's this work on your character. It's this teaching, it's this training. It's as Ruthie would say, it's this school of the spirit. And in this place, a lot of things are dealt with like in your heart. And a lot of things are dealt with like that are unseen, maybe from other people. And what I love about it is, um, so just a little bit. So a principality is like built up by the hearts of people. It's not like, and we've talked about this before. It's not like you can't just cast out, you can cast out a demon. You can't cast out a principality because it's a belief system. It's a belief in the hearts of people and it affects, you know, the atmosphere. So if this sounds a little weird, just stick with me for a second. But what I, what I believe is, is that Esther had gone to this secret place and she had, um, built up just this principality of, of, of Jesus, of, of just holiness, of humility, of all of these things that I think that it was just so tangibly present on her that that is what like drew the kingdom because that's, she was carrying that with her, you know, and it brought her recognition. And so I just think of that, like, and even relevant, making it relevant to us today is that be a person of the secret place and allow God to shape and mold and teach and train you. Like you said, you know, like just have a teachable heart and be open, you know, to the people that God has placed in your life to help shepherd you and, you know, raise you up, but, um, realize that there will come a day when God, you know, 
I don't know if exalt is the right word, but there's that scripture that just talks about like in his timing, God is going to begin to open doors and do things and move. And it's our job to be ready. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Jesus was king in her heart. So when you, because when you say, when you say the word principality, I immediately think of like the rulers of this age, you know, the, the, the demonic, you know, principalities, da, da, da. But, but, but what you're saying is that, right. Jesus was king, king in, 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 in her heart. And she, now this, this is really cool, Jenna. So, you know, you talk about Esther being, going into the secret place, right? Like, her name means hiddenness. So oh, Esther, wow. yeah, Esther or, or Hester and okay. Forgive me. Like if there's anybody listening that like speaks Hebrew, like, forgive me, but is it Hester? <laughs> H-E-S-T-E-R. <laughs> However, it sounds, this is where we need, like, we need some help, but it means hiddenness and it corresponds to a spiritual, you know, righteousness or godliness, right? Like and her Hebrew name is what is Hadassah, which is our daughter's name, Hadassah, right? And that's derived from the Hebrew Hebrew word Hadass, um, which is a myrtle tree that has a pleasant fragrance. So, point of all this, right? May the Hadassahs, may the Esthers of this generation rise up. And how do you? And and how does that happen? It it's exactly what you said, Jenna. It's seeking God, you know, Him being King, elevated. Um, in, you know, in our lives and all things. And he's the one who makes a way, right? Like you said, like he's the one who will either open a door or close a door. Um, so I love that. And when I said principality, so here's what I was like, so there's principality yeah. and there's, um, you know, prince of darkness, but then I also believe that we can build up good principality. Like we want the principality of Jesus. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the principality is a state ruled by a prince or it's like, it's like jurisdiction, right? Ah, you know, it's like, and so yeah, you want, yeah. you want Jesus to be Jesus. built in. Amen. In. Amen. As he, as he is, is, is to be, you know, we know, we know what the scriptures say, like, you know, Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is King. And Esther knew that. And you know, who else knew that? Right. St. Patrick. Yes. St. Patrick. So we're going to kind of flip the script a little bit, but not too much because interestingly, and I don't know if I've ever heard anybody relate Esther and St. Patrick, but we're going to do that today. Right. Because this hasn't happened like Purim, Esther and St. Patrick's day since 1957, I believe. Um, so a little bit about St. Patrick. Now I just have to share and and I don't mean to like, you know, I'm not trying to like toot my horn, but it is pretty exciting because I do have um, an Irish Scottish heritage and St. Patrick. Um, obviously, there's there's that relationship there. But uh, my grandma, this would have been her 100th birthday um, if she you know, if she were still alive. Her name was Pat and my middle name is Patrice um, after my grandma Pat born on St. Patrick's Day. And then also, obviously, there's this Irish you know, Scottish, um, heritage now back BC before Christ days, St. Patrick's day to me was like drinking green beer. I'm, I mean, I'm just being honest, you know, four leaf clovers, leprechauns dress, whatever, like wear green, you know, <laughs> but yeah. right. Um, and then, then there was some growing up and getting sober. 
Um, so by the time of his death on March 17th, so obviously this time commemorates um, his death, St. Patrick. Um, but by the time of his death on March 17th, 461, um, St. Patrick had established many churches, shared the gospel, came out of slavery. Um, he actually brought the gospel message to Ireland. Um, and he probably did not drink green beer. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he did. I don't know for sure, but probably not. <laughs> so um, now here's, a, you know, an interesting a little um, tidbit and I, it makes me think of Esther. Okay. So as a young man, Patrick was kidnapped. I mean, if you think about it, Esther was taken from her family. I mean, she, right. I mean, she was like taken from her life and she was brought into a harem. Um, but St. Patrick was kidnapped by an Irish raiding party and essentially trafficked um, across the Irish sea into slavery where conditions were really rough. So he nearly starved to death. Um, just, you know, obviously horrible conditions and in that time turned to God. Um, now I, I love this is that he had a vision and, and Jenna, this reminds me so much of the mission and vision of, um, action 169, you know, our organization, which was really founded in prayer, but has to do with Paul getting a vision getting a word from God about a man in Macedonia who needed help. So same thing. Patrick had a vision. Um, he was told he would return to his homeland and he did by divine design. Uh, Patrick ran away to Ireland's coast where he boarded a ship and um, where he, he basically was, he went to modern day France where he was trained for ministry and then um, returned to Ireland, the very land that enslaved him. And, uh, he had, he'd actually had like a vision, um, like Patrick received a letter and in the letter, as he was like reading the letter, there was like voices calling out, like he would hear, you know, he's hearing these voices calling out and pleading for him to return to Ireland. So that's part of why he went back to Ireland, you know, to share the gospel message. So, so right, crazy, like slavery, all these things. And yet he goes and he shares the gospel. Um, so how is this related and, and like you said it, you know, before the podcast, how, how, how is St. Patrick and Esther related? I'm going to throw that question out to you, Jenna, and then I'll answer too. Well, they were both positioned and I believe anointed by the Lord Amen. to save and fight on behalf of their people. So, you know, Esther saved her whole nation of people. And, you know, St. Patrick like went back and, you know, heard the cries of the people of his nation or yeah. country and went back, you know, and preached the gospel. And one thing that I wanted to bring up is because you had said, you know, Esther was sent to a harem, harem. And so people listening maybe don't know what that means. Like, what does that mean? Do you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it's, it's the place where women were brought to be chosen by the King to become their wife. So it was like one of the women that, that the King could be with or take as a wife or sleep with. Okay. Yeah. I don't even think I knew that. And so I was like looking it up. So I was like, what is it? Did you find the definition of a harem? Is it H E R E M H A R E M harem. Oh, H A R. It's like, a place for like wives and concubines and 
female servants, basically. A house or section of a house reserved for women, a group of women who are sexual partners of the same man. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. So basically it was like exploitation kind of maybe. Yeah. In a way. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. 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 But anyways, I just wanted to bring attention to that because it was highlighted to me and I was like, I don't even know if I really know what that means. And so it's to realize that, you know, she was in a tough spot. Like she was, I mean, if you can just imagine and think about like, maybe, I mean, she probably had plenty of opportunity to feel hopeless or like, you know, for the enemy to come in, but she did not go down that path. In all definitions could, could be a form of trafficking. I mean, right. So yeah. So, I mean, right. Esther and no, I'm so glad you brought that up, Jenna. So, so Esther and St. Patrick had tough, tough circumstances and they each found their hope and, and, and and truly their comfort in, in Christ. And that's what I love. It's beautiful how, and like, there was, like there are both types of slavery, you know, and through that, what God did. And so it's just like, you never know whatever it is that you're walking through, what God's about to do, you know, or the plan that he has. And so that's so hopeful. I feel like. Yes. And, and on that note, Esther still showed humility, right? she, she knew whose she was right. That -hmm. she was God's. Um, she was bold and courageous at the right time. And you had mentioned that, right? Like Mm -hmm. she called out the wicked things when the time was right. She had influence and favor and she did not turn away from her own flesh and blood. Like she rose up for such a time as this. And we are in a time now, right, where we're in need of Esther's and St. Patrick's, like people to to rise up at the right time because of their hiddenness in Christ, right? This isn't something that has to be pushed or strived for. God makes a way. And I love that we can rest. We can rest in Christ and trust in his path and his plan. Um, for our lives. I believe I was listening to something this morning and it was have it was talking about the the Hebrew meaning of like the different letters like of Purim or something or per of what it was. And a lot of it has to do with voice and a lot of it has to do with speaking. And so you know there's always a counterfeit thing that goes up. So there's always this counterfeit voice that I'm just like thinking out loud right now, but there, there's this counterfeit loud voice. That's just very loud, very like just not rooted in the Lord. But then there's the true, I believe like voice of, of, of Esther of Esther's like rising up of women and and sons and daughters who know how to use their voice, know when to use their voice, know when not to. I was talking to my husband about that. You know, it's just as important to know like when the anointing is on you and and when to speak and then when not to speak. 
you know? So there's, it's, it's just as important to know when not to speak. And I think that the story of Esther is a great example of that. Um, but I really think that as we move forward in the last days and who knows where we're at, you know, we kind of have an idea, but, (laughs) um, it's important to use our voice and, and do the things that God tells us to do and not shy away regardless of the circumstance. Amen. And on that note, thanks for joining us. We are going to hopefully have, she's an Esther um, of sorts on one of our next podcasts. So um, thanks for tuning in. Tragic reality, the truth has been revealed, so we just can't stay still. Gotta move and do something until the sick world's healed. How can we live the same way? Knowing there's a good chance we can make a difference. Courage needs a revival, cause somewhere there's someone fighting for survival. Free